There is hope for us yet We are young, we are I am Holly Whitaker, and I am Laura McCowan, and this is Home Podcast. Um, so we're actually recording this intro right after we did the interview. Um, this is an interview with, if, if any of you are familiar kind of with what happened, uh, Laura and I, in our first Steps episode, said the essentially that no one that we knew that we that we thought people could get sober without god but we didn't believe that people could get happily sober uh without god and one of our listeners who is um a reader of both of our blogs and and listened to our podcast and she wrote me an, an email that essentially you know called us on on this deeply um exclusive and horrific um, slip on our parts. And so, so yeah, so we interviewed her. Her name was Alice in a blog post that she wrote on my website. And then um, she came out. She's since decided to come out. Her name is Catherine Gray. She's from Bruges and she's uh, a writer and she's working on her book and she's uh, also lovely. uh, Yeah. She's somebody that Lauren and I know are uh are friends with and so yeah so this is an interview that we had with her just exploring some of the same things we did in in the blog post but also just just having the conversation here where it actually started many months ago on the closet of my on the floor of my sister's closet um if you recall (laughs) I remember the moment that we did it I actually remember the exact moment that we had that converse that first conversation oh I do too I do too. Yeah. And she was, she's, this is a great conversation. I, I really enjoyed it. She's lovely and uh, articulate and brilliant. Uh, brilliant. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, this was, this was a, this was an important one and, and a conversation that needed to be had. So I'm glad yeah. it's out there. And I think it's really important to say this is not just for atheists and believers. This is for everyone across the spectrum who is trying to find their footing um, in this in this world, right? In this new world, in this on this Recovery path, world, yeah, yeah. In sober village, sober village. <laughs> Welcome to sober village. <laughs> Today on sober village, um, yeah. So I think um, let's go for it. All Here's right, Catherine Graham. Hi, Catherine. Hey, Laura. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? What time is it in Bruges? It's eight eleven. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, we're yeah. we're. That was very precise. It's eleven eleven here. It's eleven eleven. Oh, <laughs> Holly loves that. Holly loves that. <laughs> and Laura, what time is it where you're at? It is two eleven p.m. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, we're spanning three. We're spanning three time zones. Pretty far right now. Yeah, Europe and America. Uh, so today we are doing the much-anticipated Atheist episode where we are interviewing Catherine Gray, who is a writer, and we'll do a, a bit of an introduction on herself um, in just a bit, but uh, who some of you may know as uh, the as Alice from a blog post that I ran on hip sobriety, uh, but also the essentially a, a couple of months ago, I guess it was like three, maybe two months ago at this point, um, Catherine wrote into me having listened to home podcast, having followed hip sobriety and wrote into me in regards to a steps episode that Laura and I had done where we had been talking about, uh, that we didn't know anybody that was, uh, happy in recovery and happy in sobriety that hadn't found God and that hadn't oh, found God. Like, a spiritual when you just path. say it like that it sounds so terrible but it's true um, and <laughs> and that's but that's fine I mean this is how we do we, we you know what you know when you know it I mean do you, you know what I'm saying like I, I don't feel bad about it I, I just think it was a terrible misunderstanding and um and so we, and then we laughed about it and we, you know, we really truly said, we, we, and we moved on and, and then, you know, Catherine's listening to this and she writes me an email and, you know, kind and calls me on it. And so this led to a lot of things, but, uh, you know, Catherine's one of my friends now and, uh, I'd like for Catherine to actually, um, you know, just introduce yourself really quick and you don't have to say much about yourself or as much as you want. And okay. then, um, and then just, I'd really like to hear from your perspective. Like, um, 
you know, like what, um, what it was like from your side of things. And then, um, yeah, so just go for it. Okay. Um, well, I'm Catherine. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's really great to be here. Um, and I admire you guys so much. I really love both of your blogs. I think they're brave and clever and soulful and fun and just really cool. Mm. So, um, I'm 35 and I got sober just over two years ago. Um, and I think I did six months of AA and I could never quite get in there. And I ended up stopping going to AA. Um, and then that actually weirdly, <laughs> I stopped relapsing, but I think I've always sort of been intrigued by the steps because I've never done them. And I've read a lot about them. Like I've read, a woman's way through the steps and other books but I was listening to that episode just really trying to dig in and see what I could learn um, and then then the, the little aside came about the atheists in sobriety and I just I, I don't know I, I rewound it and I replayed it and I was like no I didn't misunderstand and I just felt really hurt and then i started asking myself if I was happy, you know, maybe I was in denial and I'm not really happy or uh, um, uh, that sort of thing. So it kind of took me back to where I was maybe three years ago when I was in AA and I was really trying to find a higher power and not really getting it. <laughs> like, I remember I did try and actually make my higher power a dog at one point. Yeah. <laughs> at, at, at suggestions. But I didn't, I did, it just didn't work. And um, my sort of temporary sponsor at the time ended up saying, you know, a, a dog might not work long term. I think you might have to find something a bit more ethereal. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but I really like this dog. And I could tell that you didn't like it when I drank. So, you know, maybe, maybe he's my higher power. And she's like, no, it's, it's not really going to work. Um, so it, it was a real struggle for me for maybe six months or so. And I read a book about it, and which was called Waiting by Maria Hornbacker, who I'm sure I've completely massacred her name. Hmm. Um, but it was a really good book. It just didn't work. I've I've never believed in anything like that. Was it a book I mean, about Was it a book about finding spirituality, or what is it about? Yeah, well, she's she's a non-believer, but I think she was more of an agnostic than an atheist. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was about she was going through a lot of the same sorts of things as me. Like, um, I don't know if if when I told people that I I didn't I was struggling to find a higher power, they would send me links that said stuff about intellectual superiority, and mm. um, or they would be quite patronizing and be like, oh, you'll get there, you know. Yeah. Just, hang on just to open your mind and I just didn't ever get there yeah yeah so it and I wanted to get there I really did like I even prayed um <laughs> I didn't know what I was praying to but right um it yeah so I felt like I'd failed in some way and I think that just that little snippet in the podcast for, for, and everything else is brilliant by the way you know it was um yeah it's just that I want to be like because we go people can go back and listen to it if they want but in case just so it's clear I think that the conversation went something like we were discussing steps and we said um do you think you can be you can achieve sobriety without um a higher power or god and we both said yes and yeah that's true but we but we said in a, in a snarky way and admittedly snarky you know but I don't know I don't really know anybody who's happy that way and yeah. and and laughed and we kind of moved right on um from it and so I remember when Holly sent me your email and I was just like oh god what an, <laughs> what you know what an asshole we are because you know I I I guess the the fascinating thing is and obviously I know you um, better now, but the fascinating thing is that we, we all do have so much in common and yeah. I just don't know any atheists and it's not, and I'm also, you know, neither Holly or I are, um, you know, God, when she says God, it makes it sound like we're not, we're not, um, particularly religious people, but it's this, it's, I'm not something... religious at all. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Or at all, but it's, um, it's it's such a 
like I've never not had that, you know, kind of how you're saying I wanted it so bad and, and I have never really not had that. And it's not even really something I thought about. So I don't know. I'm just so excited to have this conversation because I think it's so important. It's not really interesting. I I want to know what your higher power is and how it helps and right you know, because I just I just don't get it I can't I can't seem to get hold on it right um no matter how much I read around it I just don't I just don't believe in it well yeah. I think the um, thing that really like got me the thing that's that kind of stupefied me about the whole thing there's a lot there's actually a lot that like um that really got me thinking but the biggest thing was um and, and this came up a little bit later too the biggest thing was um I think that you and I had had such similar experiences in a lot of this. We there's so much that yeah. aligned. There's so much that aligned. And yet this one part that I thought was the linchpin for me, this one part that I thought was like the, you know, like the the thing that that held it all together um was was not the same experience for you. And so I think for me that was very eye-opening and then the other part of this was um that I also went through this whole thing. Um, I guess I went through this whole thing really thinking that, um, what do, how do I want to say it? I don't even know. Oh, I know. I, I think I, I went through this whole thing. This is what, this is what got me. Um, and there's so much to explore, but this, the thing that got me the most was that I was so apologetic for believing what I did. I mean, as much as you felt, um, in some way shamed for not, I do feel, I still do. I still really, really, um, am not as, I guess, not as expressive about how much I do believe just because I think it discredits me just because I think, because I fully believe in neurobiology. I fully believe in all of the stuff that's grounded here on earth. At the same time, I really believe in a lot of stuff that's far beyond what most, uh, not what most people believe, but that's far beyond what I, what I portray. I tamper, Mm -hmm. I really, really, um, don't talk about how spiritual I am a lot of time because I feel, um, ashamed for it I guess like like there's no other way I feel ashamed for I don't it. think I think you feel it discredits you which is I do well not ashamed you're right no I'm not ashamed of it but it's like but you're that's right it just does I feel like who's gonna listen to me if I'm like you know give it all up to the universe and God you know God has all the answers and I I mean it just it's a it's a funny and I feel like it um it's something that I have to be really careful talking about because I want people to hear me I don't want people to run away and say that you know she's just another you know whatever and or you know she's she's I don't know. So it's, she's pushing something, or she's yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. But so you, okay. So you listened to that, and then what was the impetus for actually sending me the letter? The uh, well, I reached out to some of my like my sober network and said, "Oh, I've just heard this thing on this podcast, and you know, it's, I'm really gutted, and it's made me feel like this, and um." You know, and we had a back and forth about it, and then I, somebody ended up saying, you know, you should just write in, and I was like, okay, <laughs> and then I did it, and then I felt guilty because <laughs> I just, <laughs> I felt like I'd been mean, oh, and God. then, and, but then we had so a brilliant conversation as a <laughs> as a result of it. Yeah. So, um, you know, it ended up being a good thing, yeah. but I think I think possibly, you know, I'd taken that frustration from from way back and. Um, funneled it into that letter really because I'd been feeling that way for a long time um, in recovery and I didn't I just didn't expect atheism to be an issue in recovery I mean I grew up in Northern Ireland and that's hugely religious and I never really had to think about atheism living there and you know now I'm in recovery it's it's a it's a big thing right that's really crazy yeah I didn't expect that. Um, so it's it's a really interesting, and and also I think I, I feel slightly envious as well because yeah. I'd love to believe in something like that. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just don't. It'd be a bit like me wishing my eyes were brown. Then they're, they're not. They're blue. Yeah. You know, I just ha- I just have to live with that. But then it it does frustrate me when um, people get sort of like wow you're not really sober then are you and I'm like, well I am uh, that's, um, yeah that's crazy that's frustrating yeah I think through this conversation though, I'm so glad we're having it like even more now that we're talking I think we can talk through all that stuff 
Well, I had this, I mean, on that note, I had this really interesting conversation two days ago. I was talking to one of my good girlfriends, another blogger, and she was talking about how something about how she wished she had what I had in that belief in one breath. And then the other breath, she was talking about how, because I was, I was saying, I said something about God or I don't know, something about like asking something for it. And she said, I wish I had that. And then she said something about how she, um, believes in the order of the universe and how she believes that she was talking about something else that she believed in. And I was like, there's no difference. There's literally what you're talking about. And what I'm talking about, there's absolutely no difference in this at all. Like you, so you don't believe in God or you don't believe in some like sentient or some, some being or some like, but at the same time, what you're talking about and the way that you live your life is, is incredibly close to how I live my life. And she's like super into Marion Williamson and all this stuff. And so anyway, and she didn't, really get it until she was and she was relieved by me saying that on some level but I think a lot of times I think a lot of times we're really hung up on words and we're really hung up on a lot of um what we've been taught our whole lives and we're really Mm -hmm. caught up in this religious aspect of it and we're really caught up and it has to look a certain way but I think everybody on some level has something they I mean do I I I know you I, I read your writing I I I just don't and me, I see that there's something that's guiding you and, and something that, that, that you do. So can you, can you kind of explore that and just, and like, do, I mean, what do you believe? Like what, like you, you have to have some belief system, whether it's belief in that it's just you that's doing it all or whether it's belief in, you know, the universe or whatever. Right. Um, But I'm just curious, like when, if I were to say, what do you believe? Like what, what is it that you believe without worrying about the words or saying it right? Okay. Well, um, Mm, good question. I mean, first of all, I think I'll say that I think atheists can be, people see them as quite cold and clinical, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. um, and I, I'm not at all. Like, I'll take 20 pictures of a rainbow or yeah. like watch a nature program about a lizard that can regrow its tail. And I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> or, or, you know, I just, I'm, totally gobsmacked by how amazing the world is all the time and how people are innately good I think they just sort of everyone's a scared little kid and they just sort of get a little bit fucked up along the way and if they're angry it's normally fear yeah so I mean I think those two things I I just am in awe of the world and I think people are trying the best that they can but I don't, I mean, as in terms of a belief system, I really don't, I just don't have one. I believe in evolution. Yeah. And I believe that after we die, that's it. And and in a way, that makes it all the more pressing for me to, you know, make the most of it and yeah. stop losing myself in a bottle of wine. And, yeah. and I really see it as self-harm and mm-hmm. I don't see it as any different really to starving yourself or cutting yourself I think that's what it became in the end for me I just hated myself and it was it was a form of self-harm um so I I believe you know I believe that a key to my recovery has been upping my self-esteem and um learning to like myself again because that was I hadn't for maybe a decade It 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 was a long time since I'd liked myself um and just doing the best we can and being really honest like I try to tell absolutely no lies now and it's really hard and sometimes I I slip and I'm like I ran 9k and I only ran 8k so what you know I'm I'm (laughs) like to make myself look a bit better um so I have to catch myself and not twist the truth so I think that that's a belief system in a way just it doing is. I think can. that's a belief system yeah 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 and not harming other people and I mean a lot of it is matches with religious principles of, of all the religions yeah um but I just don't don't think there's anything after this life yeah um and I don't think there's anything out there sort of rooting for me my my friends and family are obviously out there rooting for me but um they're just people I don't I don't think there's any sort of unseen force yeah I think that's the big thing right you don't there's no unseen force and then and then the afterlife piece too there's that this is kind of it 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that doesn't depress me, and I don't know why. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, but it it just doesn't. Um, and yeah, I, I know other atheists who feel the same. Yeah. And and atheism is a, is a much more common in Britain, I think. Because huh. I would say most of my friends are atheists. Interesting. Yeah, but actually, I don't. I don't even know. I've not, I haven't had the conversation with most of them. Yeah, which that's just goes funny. to show again, it's it's not really something that's on the table, which is why it was so surprising to me to come into recovery and find it there all the time. But um, I yeah, I, I agree though. I haven't. I don't have those conversations with my friends either outside of recovery circles nearly as often. I mean, there are a few, but not not often. So that's pretty yeah. interesting. I do. Yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I have a lot of those conversations. I, um, I guess with my, I, I, I would say with my pre-sobriety circles, I didn't huh. a lot, you know, there were, there were certain people that that's, <laughs> that was a key part of our relationship is talking about, you know, spirituality and things like that. But, yeah. and certainly in yoga circles and, oh, yeah. um, but not, you know, not generally speaking, we didn't sit there and like rap about God or the universe. Or... Well, it's funny. I was sitting with my yoga, like one of my sangha groups, like a, a Sangha is a group that comes together and goes through yoga training together. And I was sitting with one of the one one of the groups because I've been through two yoga trainings, and um, we were having a potluck and we were just talking. And one of my friends stops and says, "Do you guys like if you were to walk into this conversation, like how different is this from like any sort of like church group that you've ever gone to?" Um, which is yeah. just funny because I think like anyway. So um, I would love to get into these like very specific uh, yeah. questions that we have um, for you to go through just to really tie this together for yeah, sure. people that are listening. So first is, I know you said that you went through AA. You mentioned that you did it for six months. Um, I'd really like mm-hmm. to hear just clearly, like, how did you get sober? Um, if somebody came up to you and say, how do I do this? I'm an atheist. How do like, I, I, I vibe with you. I under, like, I feel you. What do I do? What would you you know, what would you tell them you did and, and what would you tell them to do? Yeah, okay. Um, well, I think, I mean, as I say, AA wasn't the path for me and I have huge respect for it and I had some really profound experiences in there that definitely contributed to me getting sober. But it, it, for some reason, once I left, my day ones started sticking. And I, I actually think it was weirdly because I was expect sort of expecting AA to do it for me (laughs) and then it became clear that that wasn't gonna happen it was only once I really really wanted it for myself Mm -hmm. um and that was once I'd stopped going to AA and I I kind of treated it like a like you would study for a degree I spent so much time reading and writing and listening to podcasts and yeah um, researching the brain stuff and reading, uh, you know, clinical research documents on mm-hmm. dopamine and stuff. I, I just became obsessed with it. I became obsessed with recovery. And um, as Augustine Burroughs says, you know, I wanted sobriety more than I wanted drinking. And oh, I think that was I the key that. for me. Yeah. It just, something clicked in my head. And I think it was because my last, day drinking I'd been on a bender and I'd I'd been in Venice on a press trip and I uh, don't know how I thought I was going to get through that sober but <laughs> I think I actually subconsciously planned to drink and somebody said oh well you can't you can't be in Venice and not have an Aperol spritz and I was like oh yeah and that sort of worked away in my head and I ended up drinking that night and um five days later I was just oh. in bits I I just slipped right back to where I had been and was morning drinking and toilet drinking and you know all those lovely things and toilet um, drinking (laughs) when you drink in a toilet um like water (laughs) no no like uh, you take a bottle into the toilet and oh (laughs) like in the bathroom yeah yeah like to stop the shakes or because yeah no that's uh, your parents said you can't drink in the house I toilet. Used to it's hide. a bathroom, yeah. Okay. okay. So this, yeah, this is a yeah. um this is a culture moment where we <laughs> it's a different word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. No, no. Laura was the thinking toilet. that you drink out of the toilet. <laughs> I was like, I have to know. I have to know. 
<laughs> that's hilarious no no I never did that or, or I can't remember ever doing that I might have done I don't know um yeah and then and then that one day I, I'd done it before and I drank mouthwash to try and stop the withdrawal because my I was really physically addicted and my withdrawal was really painful mm. and I think Laura I think it was you described it as feeling like your skin was on fire mm. and that's exactly what it feels like it it's painful when you're physically addicted and yeah, mm. I was drinking peppermint tea topped up with mouthwash and I was just like what am I doing yeah. and then my gut started feeling like it was ill which it would be after drinking something toxic and I googled it whether mouth mouthwash can kill you and yes it definitely can and I just sat there and I was like I don't want to die and I think that was the first time I'd realized that for maybe the last six months or so that I really didn't want to die and it became very clear to me that it was either I die or I stop drinking yeah isn't that crazy you know, it might take yeah. two three years for me to die but I was definitely headed to death yeah um yeah so I think I just uh, so my tools my tools um I used a lot of mindfulness and meditation stuff mm -hmm. um I'm very into that um I exercised so much exercise like the, the amount of anxiety I've left on a yoga mat or yeah. you know yeah. anger on the pavement or resentments in the swimming pool that exercise was a huge thing for me and it helped me work through things in my mind um and just reading voraciously that was mm -hmm. a massive thing as well yep. i read dozens of books and wrote hundreds of thousands of words as yeah. well as a journal so oh and my gratitude group they are amazing um have you heard of gratitude groups no oh okay um, it might be a, a BFB thing, but um, basically there was a Bubble Hour podcast, um, which was all about gratitude and how it was the an antidote to resentment. Mm -hmm. huh. And as a result of that, um, one of my recovery friends set up a group and we go there. I mean, at the start, we were there every day. It's purely online. Um writing our gratitude, mainly recovery-based, yeah. but um, sometimes, you know, I'm really grateful for, I don't know, hot showers. Because yeah. lots of people don't have hot showers. But it really turned my thinking because I was such a poor me, oh, like God. really like wrapped up in self-pity and how the world had done me wrong. And, you know, I really felt sorry for myself. So that was... A huge game changer because it made me look at the world in a different way and find the positives right. even in a really shitty day yeah which is so hard um, to do why is it so hard like that even just you saying that i can go back to my my that annoying part of my brain that just like uh, eye rolls at that you know where and when i was drinking especially just been like ugh stop yeah. it with the gratitude you know? <laughs> yeah oh my god I would have hated that yeah. I, 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 I hated all self-help I was like I don't need that shit and now I just eat it up like I'm hungry for it I know I know so yeah that that was enormous and we I mean it's a bit like any kind of recovery group we support each other through everything and they have been so helpful to me there's um there's eight other women in the group um, awesome. And a another thing I hit upon, which was huge, was um, have you read the blog Tired of Thinking About Drinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have not. So she talked about addictive voice recognition. I haven't read that she piece, no, but I have read a few uh, other ones. Um, but I love, I love the idea of that. I want to read it. Yeah, it's really cool. So she calls her addictive voice Wolfie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, and it's... Um, and some people call it Trixie and stuff like that. So mine, mine's called Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> um, so amazing. just separating out that voice in my head that is trying to take me down. Yeah. yeah. And he says the most ridiculous things. Like I remember I was at a hen party 
Um, and it was tough. It was my first hen party and I was six months sober, but I was a bridesmaid, so I had to go and it was a whole weekend and there was like a, a whole bar of liquor and I was struggling. Yeah. And I had toothache and Voldemort was like, oh, do you know what's good for toothache? Vodka. <laughs> Vodka is really good for toothache. Just drink some and then spit it out. Oh god! <laughs> you like that? That's you know. That's I'm not. No, I'm not going to do that. So I think just identifying that voice in my head. I love well, that. you know, recently when I was celebrating my two years, he was like, "Well, what about some champagne <laughs> for your you sobriety?" Yeah, yeah. She's, she's toast your two years over. So uh, you know, that was that was a big thing. That part is so important because I think it, I, I certainly did not rec, I recognize, I just thought that was me. I thought that was my voice. Yeah. And I do, yeah. do see it exactly. as something very separate now. And it's Well, it allows so... you to be a witness to it. It allows you totally. to, instead of your it, it allows you to step outside of it and see it. And then you're not. And laugh at it. And laugh at it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is, yeah. the, that's a ridiculous thought. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, a game changer for sure definitely so yeah that was a huge thing um yeah so I think I've covered my tools let me I've actually got some notes let me have a look um, I love I, I every single one I think is on is in my toolbox too yeah and Ooh. yeah every single one and then I think yeah definitely Holly's um which is awesome so when you meditate meditating i mean you said that you like because meditation is also there's a lot of scientific study on meditation right yeah yeah um loads of research that shows that it's it's good for you and um i really like there was a book that i can't remember who it's by but it's just called mindfulness Mm. and it describes you as like holly just said about stepping outside of yourself and being Mm -hmm. an observer yeah and it's like when you have um a thought or an emotion just observing it like you would a bird a bird watcher watching a bird yeah and you know saying oh there's there's the anger bird and then just letting it fly around and then leave rather than sort of gripping onto it or trying to push it away and i find that really really helpful that that Um, approach um because i'm you know i'm riddled with defects and um the traditional i mean i i know that the steps also talk about positive aspects of your personality if you get a good sponsor oh yeah but um i i really fiercely felt like i had to improve my self-esteem before i got sober because um i really hated myself and all the talk about defects and shortcomings was Totally. Um, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I totally get that too. All the talks there. about it. Wait, finish that thought. All the talks about it was what? Um, well, I think it was making me focus even more on what a piece of shit I was. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. So it, it, I, I felt like I had to get away from that because, and I, I think this is very true of women. Yeah. In, yeah. in general, in recovery, they, I, I do believe that it's, more about learning to love yourself than sort of sort through your faults and I mean everyone can learn something from looking at uh, you know I've I'm defensive and um proud and things like that and I, I definitely need to work on those things but just in the first six months of getting sober I just had to learn to like myself again yeah and I think that's such an important part and like I think I really really want to put a pin in it did I say it right Laura is it put a pin in it or put a point on it I can never remember anyway (laughs) but like for I I can't agree anymore on the importance of that one thing because we come into this our whole lives my whole life was spent enumerating all that was wrong and then and thinking I was wrong because I wasn't because I had these qualities within me and the thing that really bridged the gap for me was actually um, absorbing these parts into my whole so today I celebrate that I can be a bitch and I have mean thoughts and that there are parts of me that are greedy and there are parts of me that are judgy and all sorts of things like I can absorb that in and I don't think that I'm a that that's a defect I think that's human and yeah. I think that playing up that point of trying of, of asking for these things to be taken away 
perpetuates the thing that got us into trouble in the first place. And the, and the part that really helps is by, by actually loving and kissing those little parts and seeing them yeah. as something that actually balances out. You can't have dark without light. You really, you can't have one without the other. And, and, and no human that I know, except for maybe, you know, that I, that I know or that I even really know of, except for, you know, ascended masters has really been able to, you know, I guess, um, move through and move away from from their you know complete darkness that's that's a that's something that happens you know way down the line it's just not it's (laughs) not not something no no so anyway thank you for saying that that's that's a big part I always I totally agree and I always take it for me I mean whenever I I, the the phrase character defects really bothers me too and I, I sort of tune it out and um think of it as I just totally lost my train of thought Oh, I think of it as like the ways that we're a human and I completely lost my train of thought. You're going to have to edit that part out, Al Holly. I had like, <laughs> I had like I'm a thing. I'm going to leave it in. No, I had like a thing when you were saying, when you were saying that and I'll totally remember it. No, there was like a, a the thought that I have when I'm in, when I hear character defects. It's flown away like a little bird. I love, I know. <laughs> it's it's to, it's to, my, my thoughts so say some, okay, away. so then now you need to say something that that like I completely agree and then finish it out so it, it's not weird. So <laughs> do it. Um, no, I, no pressure. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I, I don't, I don't like the phrase character defects at all. Um, and I, and I agree, especially with women that we feel already so, down defective and (laughs) to me it's it's i i i think it's about letting that stuff not rule you and not denying any part of yourself like you said um and like letting the those things be and also be with everything else you know I, i think exactly the parts that you said like why why do we have to deny entire aspects of ourselves? To me, that's what I was going to say. It's the shame on top of the thing that you're feeling, yeah. you know, yeah, the shame yeah. on top of the thing that you're already feeling. It's like how Pema Chodron talks about, you know, negativity on top of negativity is where the real pain comes in. Like right. not only, not only am I jealous and um, greedy, but I feel like shit for being jealous and greedy. I'm judging right. the fact that I, you know, not only am I depressed, but I'm depressed, you know, I'm judging my depression. And it's a it's a total um, spiral. So well, it's yeah. like what Victor Frankl says in Man Search for Meaning, which I'm finally reading. But like last night, I was reading that part where it says like we if we're unhappy, we're made to feel bad for like we're like we're maladjusted for mm. being unhappy, and then we become unhappy about being unhappy, and that just and then we become unhappy about being unhappy about being unhappy, and it's this vicious cycle that just puts you're right shame on top of shame on top of shame, and it doesn't it doesn't add it doesn't add. Yeah, so. and Emma talks about yeah like w- just watching that. You know, she talks about depression, especially, you know, just the cold depression and witnessing it and watching it and noticing it's And this. I say I'm going into this because I think it is a huge tool for me. And you made me think about it, Catherine, is watching, you know, watching the way that depression or anger or sadness or wanting to drink feels in your body mm-hmm. and the way that it tastes and the color it has and the, you know, the texture it has. And not calling it something that's wrong with you yeah, or wrong with yeah. with your experience is it's huge. That's something, and especially when when you get sober because things come up. Like I have rage. Yeah. Who knew? I <laughs> never thought I had rage. I have rage. I have. Um, oh, seriously, I, you didn't have drinking rage. Oh my god, I was no. furious when I drank. <laughs> no, I had drinking sadness. I had drinking crying fits i didn't have drinking oh yeah (laughs) um but yeah anyway so we get so let's move on to the next one all right so the next thing um and actually really quick before we move on do you what did you what type of meditation do you practice do you practice vipassana is there a specific teacher that you like or like how did you learn um mindfulness what what did you what tools did you use for that Oh my gosh, you're taught your like high level meditation. <laughs> I, I just have a couple of apps. Yeah. <laughs> like, which, which apps? I, um, I use Budify, which I really like. Budify? And I use Spotify. Um, yeah, it's called Budify. Oh, Budify. Budify. Yeah, like yeah. Buddha. Like 
Yeah, um, and I've read one book, and I've got Headspace as well. So I'm not oh, like I, love a, Headspace. I, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I, it definitely helps me. Um, you sound like you really know. <laughs> no, I don't think I. I think she's asking so that people can get them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think anyone knows what amazing. they're doing. It's so good, and they've got like this little wheel, and it's like, are you feeling stressed or are you feeling sad <laughs> or? Can you not get to sleep? And there's this, um, there's one on there, and I think it's called Rain, um, and it talks all about that layer of negativity. It's like you feel uh, sad, and then you feel um, annoyed with yourself and feeling sad. Because how dare you feel sad? Because you've got so much to be grateful for. Ugh. And it, it, and the first time I heard it, I cried because it was just spot on. It was like, wow, oh, that's exactly it. You know, I, f- I feel a negative emotion and then I think it's a defect and I beat myself up about the negative emotion. Yeah. Um, so that that was a big turning point, realizing that. And I've downloaded the first chapter of that book, Holly, that you talk about. Is it the, the light and the shadow chasers or the... The dark um, side of the light chasers. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's going to be amazing. I can't wait to read it. It's the best book I've read. I mean, it's the best book that I've read uh, because I had done all this work and it was, especially like with the character defects, I'd done all this work and I, I, I stupidly thought that I was um, slowly destroying all my dark parts and that when they would come back up, I'd start to do that same thing where I'd feel wrong for being wrong. And that was the book that really pulled me through. And there's a lot of Mm -hmm. great meditation practices in it. There's a lot of great visualizations. It's um, one of my, one of my doctor friends gave it to me that's been through the Hoffman method. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. But um, Hoffman Method is um, it's a, a week long course that you go to essentially. It's just it's like any one of these other things where you go and you know you basically pull your stuff out and retool yourself. And um, I know the one, and it's top secret. People aren't allowed to talk about it. Wait, Hoffman? Right? Yeah, they're, they're not allowed to talk about it afterwards. Am I? I believe that? they're not. She, yeah, my 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 dear friend, the doctor that went through this. She doesn't. Um, she's never really. Maybe I. Maybe she's never told me it's secret, but maybe because she doesn't go into what happened to her there. Um, but it, she she basically that was where she had a huge transformation in her life. But anyway, um, but she she said that it's the same. She was reading the book. She's the one that gave me the book, and she actually was doing the visualizations, and she was saying that these were the types of visualizations she was doing when she was doing the Hoffman method and so Uh um so anyway but it's just it's a fan I can't I can't I can't praise it enough it's a fantastic book for anybody okay Um, I'm definitely gonna read it next week yeah yeah um okay so the second question moving on this is the the question that I had these are the questions I asked you in the blog and I guess um I, I would love just to hear and and really for anybody that's out there um that's out there writing this line of I should find God or I should find I should be able to find this higher power thing because it's it's so it's shoved down your like you know I've heard the like um a doorknob can be your higher power or whatever I mean I personally we talked about this in the steps episode I don't like the term higher power I don't and I, I don't know why mm-hmm. but it's just um it's been something that I I viscerally have a bad reaction to um I'm just curious what was the what was the flip for you in getting around um like actually coming to terms with you weren't going to find it and you and you were going to stop looking for it and you were okay with that like what was the what was that like for you um, I think it was so when so I quit going to regular AA back in uh, uh, September 2013 but then when I moved to Bruges this March I decided to go back and I was really gung-ho I really wanted to do it and I was like I'm going to take what I like and leave the rest. And <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to do this debt. And it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to know all these sober people in Bruges and we're going to hang out together and drink coffee and we're going to laugh. Um, and it didn't quite work out like that um, at all. So it was, it was definitely a bad meeting. Like I've been to much better meetings, but um, the subject was handing over to your higher power. So God, of course. <laughs> like, ah, shit. I, I'm just going to have to be completely honest because, you know, rigorous honesty yeah. and all that. And and I had in the past sort of said that I talked about a higher power and meetings before because I felt like I sort of had to and I, I felt completely fake 
and I felt like a charlatan. And yeah. so this time I just decided to be completely honest. And I said, you know, a lot of what I've said to you guys, and I said, I just don't believe in that, but I'm 18 months sober and I'm really happy. And um, I I think of it as like my desire to be a better person and, um, you know, right my wrongs and live as honest a life I can. And they, they really didn't like it because wow. uh, everyone fed back sort of saying, this is all about higher power and, you know, you can't, do this program without one and one person said you can't be sober without one Um, and everyone was so friendly at the start of the meeting they were really nice and then at the end just nobody would look at me they'd completely frozen over so um but weirdly I think that that made me realize that I was okay with it yeah I mean I, I I just walked away and I was like well you know, that, that's not really my problem. So I'm going to hand it back no. to them because I am very happy and I'm sober and, um, you know, just because my recovery doesn't look the way they expect it to, that doesn't mean it's wrong. So totally. good for you. I mean, I didn't go back, which which is a shame because I, I had all these it. like movie scenes in my head. We were going to go for bike rides and <laughs> all sorts of fun sober activities, and it it didn't work out that way. But in a way, it helped me gain acceptance. But I think um, back to your question, which was what I would say to other atheists, is that you know you. Just, I would I would always advise them to um, go to AA. I would always take a newcomer to AA because if you if it can work, then it's definitely the biggest source of support. Um, and you know it's unique in in the way that you can rock up to a meeting pretty much anywhere. Like I'm sure there's probably yeah. meetings in Antarctica, yeah. and you've got a ready-made sober network. You know. Yeah. Hopefully, if they like you, <laughs> they don't <laughs> dislike what you say about higher powers. But um, I, you know, I would always say, and I would always tell them to read books that are very God-centric, like um, Melody Beattie, The Language of Letting Go. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that, and she just goes on about God all the time. But that's fine, you know, that's her thing. It oh, Melanie Beattie, yeah, the yeah, and no more, and Language of Letting Go, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I really like her stuff. I did ask. I mean, that was an, that's a further question, but let's just go into it now. I mean, because that was one of the things that I had for you. I was really shocked that you read my blog and that you listened to the podcast, and um, you know, say because I because I do. I mean, even though I was talking in the beginning about how I downplay it, I I do talk a lot about God and spirit and all of this other stuff, and so. I how do how do you get around that and separate that out like how do you read something and still take away what you need to take away from it and get around the um the god-centric themes or the the um you know things that you don't yeah the god talk um I don't know you just do again it's it's a difficult question to answer because I've never um because it's always been the case it's like well there's um, a difference between not not believing something and being against it i mean you're not yeah you're not against it but it no not at all it doesn't just doesn't resonate with you i mean i can listen to stories you know i have a lot of jewish friends and i will listen to their traditions that they're you know around holidays or hanukkah and i don't i don't I don't practice that, but it doesn't offend me in the least, you know, and that's, yeah. that's a, that's, that's a, a very, point. that's a very like, um, whatever example, but it, you know, I think all of us, I think maybe that is a really important point is that people who don't necessarily have a higher power, and this is a big fault of AA, you know, it, it really is. And it's maybe not necessarily a fault of AA, but it is, um, it, it precludes people from really jumping in is that it you know to, to say it's a spiritual program and you're not allowed if you're if you or it's you're not going to get it if you don't believe in it um is really hard because it's it's not that you're against it you just don't believe in it necessarily yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um but i don't know i mean it's, it it works for a lot of people but i don't think they're ever going to change it um because you know there's 
people fiercely protect it because it's so sacred to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's okay. But, right. Right. You know. Well, it's just that we need other options too, and AI just happens to be by far the biggest. You know. Yeah. By far. Well, so. it's the default. I mean, it's been a. It's it's you know it's literally the it's. I mean, the thing that I always go to is that when I was, I worked in healthcare, my friends were doctors, this part of their training, they went to 12 step meetings. And so it was, it's been deferred to as the solution. It's 90%, it's, it's a 90% of all recovery modalities. I mean, when you go to, and you pay for a, you know, a fancy Malibu rehab, you're going and, and it's based in, you know, it's steeped in 12 steps and it's steeped in AA. And so it's one of those things where, it's um it's just the default and people you know i wrote about this people that are even that have no no connection point with it that maybe didn't even suffer from addiction they're they believe i mean it's just what we think is oh well that's the one solution that's the one way because we've that's it has been it has been for a very long time and so i think the thing that you know like this is like what we're doing right here is creating another way right because the three of us have all had some sort of interaction with AA, we've all used it along in our growth path. We all have, you know, and, and we all, and, and the three of us are all sitting here and, you know, despite what each of our experiences are, I encourage people to try AA out, even though I had, you know, I, I, I've had a, a, not the best experience in it and it wasn't my path. And Catherine's sitting here and she's saying the same exact thing. And Laura, obviously you're saying the same exact thing. And so it comes from this evolution of allowing ourselves to believe that there is another way without actually tearing down the way that um, has been, you know, predominantly used. Um, So. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's why I think it's so important that you, uh, well, it's just amazing that you two are from such different recovery paths. Um, but then you have loads of things in common as well, um, and you can bridge that gap. And uh, you know, it, it's just it's really cool. And I, I just hope that the future of recovery looks like that because yeah. I do feel there is a lot of division. Um, and uh, totally, and yes, too. It's sad because it doesn't have to be that way. You know, well, and it doesn't help anybody. I mean, it really it doesn't. It's it's harming. You know, and there's no there's zero reason for it. Well, yeah. it's like cancer patients. I was talking, I was telling my mom about this the other day. I was like, it's just like, it's like somebody that's sitting around that, you know, used chemo and somebody that's sitting around that used cancer drugs and they're sitting there and saying, no, you know, my way works better. No, your way works better, which is just, it's <laughs> ridiculous. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but meanwhile, you're both healthy and like both healthy and cancer free. Yeah. 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 So that, um, Laura, what do you, what else do you, I mean, there's, we still have these other questions, but I'm curious if, you know, what you No, and... this is awesome. I, I, we're going, you know, we're covering everything that I would want to know. And okay. I just could hear you talk forever, Catherine, because I love your accent. No, no. Ditto. I think you guys should move to Bruges. Oh, yes, oh, please. Well, with me. Well, I'm moving, I'm moving to Rome so we can, um, we can be very oh, close yeah, and we can, far. we can enjoy one another's city. Um, so here's another question I have, and this one um, I love. So surrender. How do you view – so when I surrender something, I wrote about this yesterday. I have a God box. That's kind of one of the biggest ways that I do it. I write down something that I can't deal with. I hand it over, and I say, you deal with it. And I ask for help from an unseen force. I ask for help from spirit, from universe, from you know, from my God, from love, from whatever. But I literally surrender it over and I surrender over in this belief that there's something out there that's working um, that I can't see and I can't touch. So um, surrender has been a big part of my path. It's one of the things that I think has been um, so helpful to me is that I, um, I'm able to hand things over that I can't deal with myself. And so how do you deal with surrender? Because um, I, know, I know you do. On, I know you do. But I'm just curious of when you're surrendering something, are you surrendering it to something? Or like how would you define what surrender is to you? Okay. Um, well, I think so. So I think I said this in the in the piece, but the serenity prayer was a huge thing for me. Um, you, you know, like sorting. I know. Oh, I loved it. Mm, yeah. Love it. It's amazing. Mm. Um, you know, sorting, figuring out what you can control and what you can't control. And I'll often just like write a list, and on one side it'll be like can control. 
and yeah, it will be like that. if I make my work deadline or I, I can stop myself watching four hours of Netflix day or whatever and then on the can't control side it'll be like if this guy likes me back or yeah. um you know if if anyone else <laughs> you know if my mum recovers from her hip operation quickly or not and and I try not to sort of focus my mental energy on the things I can't control which is what I tend to do because I'm like I'm trying you're to you're the only them. one <laughs> <laughs> no really <laughs> you're the one <laughs> yeah so I think it's it's sort of just letting go of it I'm not giving it to anyone or anything I'm just letting it go into the ether and I I don't think that there's any plan um I think things are just pretty random um Mm. and recognizing that I don't have a handle on them and that I can't like change myself to make this boy like me who doesn't like me or whatever um that's that's really freeing yeah it's so it's so the same it's so interesting it's so it's I the love, same but different love, yeah. it is the same but different but i but i love i love the way you explained it like i love the control not control list yeah. yeah i mean sometimes it doesn't work sometimes i spend all day thinking about something i can't control but most of the time i'm i'm quite good now at figuring out what's a what's a waste of mental energy yeah um and what I should be focusing my time on. And um, oh, there's a book and it's completely slipped my mind, but it's 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 one of those self-help books that's like um, eight ways to become an efficient person or eight ways. To... <laughs> oh, it's really famous as well. You might have to is edit it the, this out. <laughs> is it a, it's not how to like a seven habits of highly effective people that's it yeah oh okay yeah Stephen Covey and he talks a lot about that as well about sorting things out into what you can control and what you can't mm. and it's a really good method yeah, so pretty powerful if you can do it yeah it's a constant progress not perfection <laughs> awesome well, and that's that's we've covered everything that I had in my in my list of questions. I yeah, think... I I think we want this to be like an ongoing conversation too. And I, you know, I think it's important, and I love that you're that we know you now, and that um, that this conversation is happening at all. You know, and that and that we did make you mad so that you wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, wow, she dealt with that so well. Well, it's funny. I mean, I've said this before. When you wrote that, um, I get letters from, I mean, believe me, I get people that write, you know, stuff to me a lot that's like, you shouldn't have said this or, you know. But there was, it wasn't written like that. It was a really, really generous uh, explanation. And it was, it was, it was also one of those things, like I said, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. I did my best. And then I, looking back on it, I think it's really important that, you know, Laura and I do this because, I mean, the the reason that we felt we really had something here was because um, she's, she has such a different, she has such a different recovery path than I do. And our beliefs at times are completely at odds and then they like, and they weave together and then they go apart and then they come back in. And, um, and we really wanted to create something that made everyone feel safe. And that's my, I mean, that's my thing, which is just believing that we're all, we all get a say in, in how this looks and we all get to, we all get to own our own paths no matter what it looks like. And then, you know, I was, Laura and I were doing the antithesis of that. We were, we were excluding, we're excluding, um, and, and, and unknowingly, but we were excluding. And so yeah. it was a big deal. And, um, I'm really glad that it happened because it's allowed us to actually explore something we would have never thought to explore. And then not only that, like it allows, you know, you and I have conversations now about doing, you know, creating more materials for people that are in that because whether even people are atheist or agnostic or whatever, people have a really hard time with this. This is not an isolated conversation. People have a hard time Mm. figuring out what they should and shouldn't believe. And they have a really hard time, especially if you're coming from a place for me, I feel I was really lucky in this, like, 
it was very clear to me right from the beginning what I believed. And that was, it wasn't because I had this strong sense of there's something else out there my entire life, but it was just, that was what my path was, was I, you know, and I'm, I have an unshakable faith and, and, and really truly like it's only grown, but it's not to say that it hasn't been confusing as all hell. And I haven't figured out where I fit in and all of it, but all of this is to say I feel lucky because I feel like I, I got something that fits into the scene and a lot of people struggle on that one part of like well I don't feel that way and then does that mean you know like you said like you said you had been you know you were thrown back year to years before at that comment that she and I made of questioning oh fuck am I kidding myself which I have had that comment so many times not in terms of spirit or whatever but I've had that comment in oh god sobriety I, in sobriety right. like fuck Am I kidding myself? Am I not actually sober? Am mm-hmm. I not Ugh, really? Yes. Am I dry drunk? Oh, oh my god! I'm my ego. Oh my time. god! Right? And so, anyway, so it was just so it's so epic and it's so big, and I'm so glad that you are here and that you're and that you have this really beautiful story to share and and this really good message to give. And I think that this is just um, it's just making it bigger and more accessible to everyone. So I'm so deeply in gratitude for um, for our relationship and, and for you. Oh, thank you. Ditto. Yeah. yeah. I think you guys are great. Yeah. And also, I do have to say one other thing, too. You know, Catherine came out as she was she was under a pseudonym, Alice, in my blog. And in the last month yeah. or so, she's really stepped into like she doesn't give a fuck anymore. And I like <laughs> I just I don't know. That's such a big deal. I think that a lot of people, um, you know, vacillate in between that and um, and then they make the decision like I did, like Laura did. And um, so it's such a big deal that you're here today is Catherine Gray from Bruges and um, and that you are representing and helping blow away the stigma so thank you for that as well thank you well I think it's just you know if I I realized that if I because I always intended to write the book under a pseudonym and sort of hide in the shadows and then I just realized that if I did that then I was saying this is something to be ashamed of you know yeah right you should hide this away by the omission Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I don't want to do that and I'm sure there's going to be some people from my past that I've pissed off that are going to be like, ha ha, that's hilarious. Like yeah. she, she drank in toilets, not, not from toilets in toilets. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I really, yeah, I don't, I don't give a crap anymore. They're, they're probably not very nice people. Um, no, so, I'm so glad that you're writing a book, by the way, you're an amazing writer. Your writing I, is so I good. can't Thank wait. You. So you have to keep going. Yeah. Oh, I'm scared. I'm gonna let you down. Oh no, stop. you're not. You're not. No, not possible. Not possible. You can't. Mm-mm. Oh, thank you. This has been wonderful. There's a really you great really quote that I want to share, just as our last about. Um, <laughs> it, and it's funny. This is not a spiritual quote. Don't roll your eyes, Holly. But this is about <laughs> writing, and Anne Lamott said it, and. She says, you own everything that happened to you. Tell your stories. If people wanted you to write warmly about them, they should have behaved better. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. So, I'm going to have to write that out. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll send it to you and you can it. write it out and put it next to wherever you write and remember it every day. Yeah, because you, you two, you gave me... Uh, Laura, you gave me bird by bird, which I oh, use all the time. Yeah. I like walk around my flat going, just do it bird by bird, <laughs> just just chapter by chapter, bird by bird. <laughs> and it's... I also, I I'm like, I am a log, I am oh, a log. I love that. <laughs> so... I, love that. Uh, I listen to her. Um, I listen. It's a Pema Chodron teaching that comes from Shanti Deva, and it's like one of my favorites. She was talking about it again, and when she when Pema talks about it, it's so it's like so I can't I can't even I can't I can't even it's just so perfect so um yeah Pema Chodron I'm a log I'm awesome yeah you might dig you might dig I'd be interested to get your um I'll I'll send you it's actually it's the Bodhisattva mind or Bodhisattva way um, it's okay. chapter. It's chapter five. It's sh- it's an old text, Shanti Deva. Um, old text uh, by a, a monk and um, God, I don't know what time period. I, either it's either 500 BC or 500 um, after. I don't know. But it's um, it's Blimey. an old it's an old uh, uh, yogic text that's um, on basically the you know the way of the bodhisattva, the way of the the mindful, and it's um, 
her talk is called, I think it's Bodhisattva Way or Bodhisattva Mind. And it's an uh, interpretation yeah. of chapter five of that text. Uh, and it's just great. It's just on how to live. It's on how to live and how to live, you know, free of your mind. And um, it's beautiful. So I'd love, I'd love to get your feedback on, I'll send you the link to it. I'd love to see what you think of it. Yeah, I'd love to read that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. Thank you so much. Yeah, oh, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. And it's nighttime, so good night for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go and watch some Netflix. I've already um, mentioned Netflix about three times. I've got a problem. <laughs> You're also the only one on that. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Stop it. I'm really gullible. I keep believing you. <laughs> <laughs> no, my problem is I get keep on getting rid of Netflix because I'm like, oh, my God, I watch too much Netflix. And then I'll go and I'll <laughs> yeah, actually delete it. Like delete it. And then I'll go and I will buy Apple. Apple TV and so I'll like buy the one off by Apple TV and so like in a month I'll spend oh, like $60 on Apple TV for you know every Brooklyn um I mean anyways whatever yeah no you're not alone it's it's a thing <laughs> well I was gonna delete the app the Netflix app tomorrow that was gonna be my strategy it's not, not gonna work you'll be back yeah. don't worry <laughs> <laughs> oh well anyway all right Good night. it was lovely to talk to you both yeah lovely to talk to you Okay, lots of love. Bye. Bye. Thank you.